Welcome to the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm Laura Deirda, an editor at Becker's Healthcare, and I'm thrilled to welcome Dr. Daniel Feinberg, Chief Medical Officer of Pennsylvania Hospital and a Professor of Clinical Neurology at the Perlman School of Medicine at the University of Pennsylvania. Dr. Feinberg, it's a pleasure to have you here today. Could you please tell us a little bit about your background? Sure. So I am a practicing clinical neurologist, and I've been Chief Medical Officer in my hospital for a little over 10 years. Uh, I still practice once a week, and uh, I do administrative work uh, during the other time. Oh, fantastic. Could you tell us a little bit about your priorities today and how you see your role evolving over the next year? Sure. Well, I, I think the roles of the chief medical officers in general have changed dramatically uh, over the past few years. So I spend quite a bit of time on really trying to manage populations of health, whether it's through bundle payment or paper performance contracts and agreements with our insurers. And I also spend uh, quite a bit of time working on issues around health equity. Uh, I'm in an urban setting, and we have uh, several programs in behavioral health and in obstetrics that really span into socioeconomically deprived uh, populations of patients. Got it. That makes sense. And so when you look at that shift, is that something you continue to see uh, growing and evolving? Are there any other aspects of, of your role that you think will become particularly prominent in the next year? I think so. I, I think that the role of the CMO has sort of shifted from the quality safety regulatory guy uh, to more operational. So uh, as an example, um, I'm very involved in clinical informatics. I was the the uh, lead physician for four hospitals at Penn at the time that went live with Epic's uh, electronic health record several years ago. Uh, I also oversee uh, about 100 advanced practice providers, uh, and I supervise uh, and oversee our case management and social work program. Uh, so I, I think that physician executives have more operations than they did in the past, and I see the COO and the CFO as integral partners, much like I would have seen the CNO uh, in the past. Got it. That makes sense. Thank you so much for going through that with us. Uh, the next question I have here is, can you talk to us a little bit about telehealth and population health and how the hospital at home strategy has evolved during the pandemic? So it's obviously different in, in different parts of the country, uh, especially in those uh, health systems that have their own insurance product. Uh, at Penn Medicine, we don't have our own insurance product. Uh, we work very closely with the dominant payers in the region. Uh, and I think uh, particularly telehealth, which to me is a, a natural branch of population health, is a way to reach patients that can't come in for in-person visits or don't need to come in for inpatient visits. So one of the ways that we've been uh, thinking about it during the pandemic and, uh, and even uh, beyond the pandemic is where do patients need to be seen and how do they need to be seen instead of just thinking about reimbursement uh, per se. So an example might be uh, in a surgical patient uh, where uh, post-op visits uh, are very common. And I'm thinking of one population in particular where there may be as many as five or six post-op visits in the course of a several months uh, period after surgery. Uh, those patients used to get on the highway, drive to downtown Philadelphia, park in a garage, uh, and maybe take a day off of work uh, to come see us for those what were probably 10 or 15-minute post-op checks. Instead, now, we are clearly using telehealth uh, 
to take advantage of seeing the patients, including even wound checks uh, for those patients in their homes. Uh, I was talking to a colleague yesterday who had a uh, visit with a patient who was actually on a golf course in Florida and went over to a bench and sat on the bench and uh, reviewed you know, medication uh, reconciliation issues and key health maintenance issues uh, with the provider uh, on the phone from a golf course. So I think it really is about meeting patients where they are and members of the community where they are. I think it does fit into population health uh, because I think it's necessary for all of us to become more patient and consumer focused as opposed to more health system or hospital or physician focused. So I think that we've realized during the COVID uh, pandemic that having patients at home is a really smart strategy uh, in a lot of cases. Patients don't need to be hospitalized to get the care they need. And we've been sending home care uh, out to them. We have home oxygen being used. Uh, we connect with them either telephonically uh, or uh through uh, telemedicine uh, with video, uh, and uh, we have used tools uh, to co connect with patients uh, using text messages uh, if they're so inclined as well. Uh, so I think that thinking about keeping people healthy as opposed to just treating episodes of illness is the shift that we all need to think about. That makes a lot of sense and really looks to the future of how medicine can be transformative in populations, as you mentioned. So I think that is great. And thank you so much for going through that with us. Now, the last question I have for you here is around leadership. Can you share three pieces of advice for emerging leaders? Sure. I, I think the most important thing for an emerging leader is to be collaborative and to always be looking for opportunities to collaborate with people who are not natural partners. Uh, so for physician leaders, particularly, it may be someone in finance uh, or the accounting department who may not be a natural partner for a physician leader, but is critical in identifying opportunities that require investments uh, from the hospital or health system. So building bridges to people who one might not think is directly aligned with uh, his or her work. Uh, number two, uh, I would say be really open to feedback. Uh, I think it's it's helped me a great deal in my uh, career, and it's helped me uh, manage uh, my own department in a very different way over the last few years uh, compared to a decade ago, for example. Um, so I really try to maintain really open lines of communication and use feedback as a tool to help us all improve and not as a tool for criticism. Um, I, I like giving positive feedback, and I like receiving positive feedback like most of us do, but I also talk about opportunities for improvement and really with the goal uh, and the full intent of making us all better. Uh, and then the third thing that I would uh, say is uh, always say yes. Uh, when asked to think about something that isn't directly in our line of work or in our span of control. Uh, maybe it's a stretch assignment. Maybe it's something just that is a little bit outside of our comfort zone. I've always found that saying yes to those opportunities has proved to be very, very valuable in my career. Uh, I'll use the uh, Epic EMR example. Uh, 
as a prime example for me personally, where someone said to me 15, 17 years ago, hey, are you interested in getting involved in some of the informatics work that we're doing? And I thought that it linked so closely to quality and safety work that I was doing as then the patient safety officer that I expressed an interest. I got knowledgeable. I got a certification. And then uh, my impact uh, really was much greater uh, as a result. Uh, And I took advantage of being connected to people in the IT world in that case that really helped us advance uh, the electronic health record uh, rollout and decision support that was being used to improve uh, quality. So uh, I think we all have opportunities and we're asked to think about getting involved in things that may seem like a lot of extra work or something that we don't need to do. Uh, But I found having an open mind to those things and exploring them uh, with a lot of inquisitive behavior has really uh, helped me develop as a leader. Well, fantastic. I think those are all great points that you made, Dr. Feinberg, being collaborative as one, looking for opportunities to collaborate, especially with the non-natural partners within the organization. Number two, really being open to feedback and managing your department in that way is essential. And then for number three, always saying yes when you're thinking about projects or being asked to consider projects, especially if they're outside of your comfort zone. I, you know, I think that, as you mentioned, can lead to great opportunities in the future. So thank you so much for going through all of that. That's you know been really helpful for us and a great conversation. I look forward to talking with you again in the future. Thank you so much for your time. Have a great day.